and welcome to a new episode of Comadresi Comics. We're your hosts. I'm Sarah. I'm Kristen. And I'm Jen. Um, Kristen, your skin is looking amazing. Is it a result of the running? Because I feel that because you're sweating, your pores are like taking out all this. Like, yeah, the impurities. The impurities. All the impurities. I the don't sun. know if that is true, but <laughs> I think it more has to do with the fact that after 47 years of life, I have started wearing makeup. <laughs> so I am. Um, I uh, I was. <laughs> encouraged and um, what's it um, when you some you see someone doing something and you're like oh I can do it too mm-hmm. motivated there motivated. you go I was motivated by Jen <laughs> over here because she started wearing makeup a while back and I was like when she came in not only me but like everybody was like oh my gosh Jen mm-hmm. you look so amazing yeah and I was like okay I hate wearing makeup. I've never worn makeup in my life, not because I'm morally against it, but because I hate the way that it feels on my face. (laughs) (laughs) And I always feel like it's just like this, like, Like pancake mix, Mm -hmm. just like, yes, caked on my face. I can feel it. It's almost like when you first start wearing a tampon and people tell you you can't (laughs) feel it, but it's a lie. (laughs) And you can feel it very much so, but then after a while it goes away. So, But this never went away. The tampon of the makeup on my face (laughs) stayed the entire time. And I've been trying over the decades of trying to find a foundation that I liked. Mm -hmm. And I did do MAC for a while. I did their pressed powder and their um, studio fix. But... even then, I I could just feel the cakiness, and those were powders, and so of course, also like you, the buildup of it, yes. and like mm-hmm. so. I was like, I keep seeing people using liquid foundation, and you're able to blend it and make it look more natural. So with Jen's tutelage, we went to <laughs> Sephora, and um, she was you know telling me some uh, tips and tricks and stuff, and I went to one of the uh, women that were working there, and mm-hmm. she gave me a couple of. Um, of uh, ideas of which ones and she did half of my face with one and half of my face the other Mm -hmm. and the one that I ended up going with is from Bare Essentials Mm -hmm. and um, I've heard a lot of good stuff about them about being very uh, light on your face and not feeling too heavy Mm -hmm. and this particular one is not called foundation it's called um, it's a tinted hydrating gel wow oh yeah 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 and so um, just that in and of itself like in the shop in the Sephora store just walking around with one half face done I think it was I don't remember what the other half was it was expensive I remember that it was a, <laughs> I, uh, that's why I thought it had been the Armani one because it, you had tried in oh the, yes yeah. you're right it was mm-hmm. Armani yeah. okay because I was standing over there okay mm-hmm. so um but the other half was just like I didn't it felt like there was nothing there mm-hmm. and that's what I wanted and mm-hmm. so I bought that and I've been um, experimenting with the amounts to put on and the reason I was like I want to start trying to wear makeup because I'm getting older I have the the signs of wear and tear are more <laughs> apparent <laughs> on my face and I just like the feeling of like looking nice when you go out Mm -hmm. and um and so i decided to try it out so it's been about 
I don't know. It hasn't even been a full week. I don't think that I, um, that I have been wearing it. And there's been a couple of days. The biggest thing though, for me to get used to is taking it off. Taking the makeup Mm -hmm. off. Like at at night, I just want to go to bed. I'm tired. Or I fall asleep on the couch. Mm -hmm. And then I wake up. I'm like, oh, I still have to take off my makeup. One of the things I found that was really easy was to buy those, uh, those, there's these bags. You can even get them at Ross or mm-hmm. Marshalls and there's wipes. They're already moist. Yes, that's what I've done. Yes. So mm-hmm. I I actually had some wipes that somebody like put in my stocking like years ago <laughs> and I had them still and they were still moist. <laughs> So I've Damn, been, that's some good packaging. I've been using them and I actually do really like them because it's super easy. Mm-hmm. I don't have to like go to the restroom. Go, yeah, go. Yeah. Or, so mm-hmm. and they and because I don't have that much, all I do besides the foundation is put lipstick. I don't even put any eyeshadow, eyeshadow. or eyeliner or anything or on. Or brows or anything. No, not not even no. like my the lady at the um at the pedicure place does my brows like once every two to three weeks and that's it. I never touch them again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but it like even that just that little bit it, like like sarah said it makes your face look glow. yeah, yeah. It's so nice that, yeah mm-hmm. like i certainly thought first of all you're losing weight because you're running yeah and you because of your diet restrictions but there's that and then i thought whoa those two combinations are really brightening up your skin so even that little bit of foundation that you're putting on yeah. that is really i mean it's a you can so you look you look like you glow that makes it all worth it (laughs) (laughs) i'm like oh my god today i actually woke up on some i didn't sleep a lot so i was just like i gotta do the whole thing (laughs) because um uh, i've been practicing and i originally started using makeup because i was just uh just online and from articles and stuff like that. Like I had, I used to be like against makeup mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But also that came from a place of uh, of um, uh, I guess disconfidence. Like I would, okay. uh, it came from a place of insecurity right. as well. Yeah. I mean, walking mm-hmm. into a Sephora or Mac or whatever, it's I feel insecure. Like I'm like I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah, like, yeah. And so many of the workers there, they just have flawless faces. Yes. Right? Yeah. And they're so, so like, made up and beautiful. Yeah. And I'm yeah. just like. No, I'm leaving. <laughs> and I have tried to do the eyeshadow tutorials. I even have a little box, again, that I probably mm-hmm. had for decades, <laughs> that is, t- it's a Urban Decay, and it's mm-hmm. they probably still have it. It's called... Um, uh, the smoky eye oh, and yeah. it's, there's a palette there and then you actually have um, cards that you look at that give you tutorials of whether or not you want daytime nighttime or smoky eye oh. I have tried doing that freaking smoky eye I don't know how many times and all it looks like is that I have like a big circle of black all <laughs> around my eye and I go into Sephora and I see their eyeshadow or I've watched those YouTube tutorials uh-huh. and videos and I'm like how are you making it look so amazing magician and even like freaking the other day i watched a tutorial of an eight-year-old boy do makeup like he was a diva Uh oh my gosh i'm like how are you so skilled at eight years old and Uh i have no game in the makeup yeah uh, in the makeup world my, I, I like watching my little sister put on her makeup and she she finds it funny yeah because she just she does it so fast yeah. and like she does it so well 
Uh, and then she like puts beauty marks on her too, which is just like, How yeah. funny. <laughs> and I find that funny because I just have one like right here, uh-huh. but she doesn't have any. And so uh, she was just like, she's like, you already have one. And it was just like, but I try to hide it. <laughs> she put, yeah, yeah, that's funny. Yeah. And so it's, it's really fun. Yeah, it's funny. Um, uh, so right now I'm wearing primer, uh-huh. I'm wearing foundation. I'm wearing um, um, concealer and then setting powder and setting spray. And so, like, I already have, like, four <laughs> more things more than you. And uh, I, but I want to, like, tone it back. A lot of a lot of people say that if you don't want to wear foundation, you can just wear concealer, but you have to get concealer in your shade. Oh, but most right. of the time, yeah. you get concealer lighter, lighter right. because yeah. you're wearing it on top of foundation. Right. Yeah. Um, um, and I, uh, but I do that because I, like, uh, the one, one had been self-confidence issues as well. But two, it's just a lot of people kept telling me that I look tired. Mm-hmm. And that was very true because I have sleeping problems. Right. I have like insomnia and I can't go to sleep. Like today, I only slept for like three, four hours. Ooh. Wow. And so in the previous day, I had only slept like two. Jeez. Uh, yeah. And so I, to like wow. today, it was just like when I looked at myself in the mirror, the bags under my eyes were so deep and dark. And I can't see anything now. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Because like, and I was just like, all right, I'm going to have to do the whole thing. Because like some days I don't feel like wearing right, it. So right. I just go to work and I don't have any yeah. on or I just put on the primer. And that the primer that I'm specifically using called Porefessional, um, um, is like it reduces the look of the pores mm-hmm. on your face and it's really light you can't feel it at all and it's and i like it a lot um uh, but i really like a matte look yeah so that's why i do the full thing that's why i do setting powder and setting spray mm-hmm. uh also i don't like powder i don't really like powders the only reason i use the setting powder is because it's really good mm. um uh, but that's why i didn't use setting uh, uh, or like powder foundation because yeah. I I feel like the the cakey feel yeah. is one hundred percent from pressed powders. My sister likes using powders because she says that it it gives her a more even look mm-hmm. to her skin. And I was just like, okay, I can see that. And um, I know that a lot of older women use pressed powders because that's what they grew up with. Yeah. Um. Uh, yeah. But I really like the liquid ones, and I am gonna get started on contouring. Oh, wow. well. I bought some I bought some uh, the witchcraft of, of makeup <laughs> the witchcraft of makeup I want to learn I want to give myself like a sharp face yeah like I, no, I just want to like come mm. in as a different character every day <laughs> <laughs> make my entire face look different yeah nice. yeah or just like because um, um I have sharp cheekbones mm-hmm. but you can't really tell so thanks, Dad. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but with contouring, that those can really snap. Yeah, out. I can finally get rid of my double chin, <laughs> at least temporarily. Um, well, I just wear bare minerals, and one of the things mm, I like about it is, is uh, I I can uh, do two drops of foundation per use, which I love. Oh, really? Yeah, because oh, nice. you just uh, they they have a special kind of brush, and you just kind of blend it in. Oh, okay. And, and I oh, like that nice. because in my head, I'm already thinking I'm just using two drops. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but because I went to that island and I tanned, now my foundation <gasps> does not fit. No. Oh, yeah. The the lady when I went was like. Do you tan? And in my mind, I was like, is she asking me, do I go to the tanning booth or like go out and whatever? Uh And what she meant was, do you tan like easily because Mm -hmm. or are you already tanned or whatever? Because she wanted to match my color to a color that was not going to be too light in a couple of days or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, And 
so then I was like, well, I tan easily. And I don't know, the, the that day, the match was super, like, perfect. And then after that, I started my running. Yes, and then yes. I've been outside <laughs> in the sun. I do wear a visor, but I've been outside. Yeah. And the actual makeup itself is 30... Um, SPF. Yeah, right. So I was like, I'm gonna actually have to wear this shit running so that I can <laughs> <have> <laughs> And you know what people don't think about? Like my brother, I took my brother to the beach sometime back and uh he's like, I was under he didn't even go in the water. He was underneath the umbrella uh-huh. the whole time. Uh-huh. But the thing is the reflection of the sun <gasps> yeah. on the sand and made the UV tans. rays. Yeah. It totally made and yeah, tan. and the UV rays go right through <laughs> the clouds, through the umbrella, whatever. You're not there's what UVA A and B and and mm. one of them go through anything mm-hmm. so you still get that's why people get sunburned even though it's overcast right mm-hmm. exactly yeah so you got to take that in consideration mm-hmm. so now i can't even wear my foundation because i'm already like tanner than before i bought it oh, because i went yeah. to that island for so many yeah mm-hmm. days so but that's cool because i sweated so much and i was in the the salt water that it exfoliated my skin so right now my skin is at a I think at a prime right now. (laughs) (laughs) Like, wait a couple of months and then I'll be back to trying to do Mm. some... some facial reconstruction mm-hmm. but yeah no, oh, no. Uh, no i love makeup i love um blending i love yeah. i love eyeshadow uh-huh. i mm-hmm. i the i don't buy uh full price i always go to like um tj maxx not tj maxx but uh what is it called uh nordstrom rack oh, oh okay they always oh, i didn't have, even like, think about yeah. going to make for makeup there oh yeah they, i mean it's off-season colors right so, like, yeah in summer you get spring mm-hmm. and in spring you get like uh fall colors mm-hmm. you know but i always kind of stock up and i keep them and it's really cool i love it I, uh yeah most definitely uh so yes it's hd for us huh? <laughs> <laughs> high definition mm-hmm. <laughs> all right guys it's time for chisme de la semana jen what do you have que chisme tienes para nosotros oh i got some good chisme yes. like this is good um, um so Art Spiegelman, uh-huh. he is a creator of Mouse, yes. which is um, uh, a book about um, uh, World War II yes. and specifically about the persecution of the Jewish, Jewish people yeah. by yes. Nazi Germany. The, the uh, only graphic novel to ever win a Nobel Peace Prize. Yes. Wow, I didn't mm-hmm. know it. I actually bought Mouse in Spanish for my husband. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, awesome. we, yeah. yeah. So in specific, mouse it's it's spelled M A U S, but it is it's told um, uh, the Jewish people are depicted as mice, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. the Nazi Germany are cats, okay. uh, and the cats persecuting mice and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And it's it's a wonderful it's book. It's amazing. It is amazing. Okay, T- TMI right here. But I was reading this book while I was on the toilet. <laughs> And I was literally sobbing oh. on the toilet as I'm reading this book because in the back of your mind as you're reading it, you know 100% yes. that this is a true story. Absolutely. And just the emotions that that are portrayed and depicted, even though it's animals, it's mice and cats and there's a, you know other um, ethnic groups that are portrayed by other animal groups, it's just so compelling and just really uh, emotionally draining when I was reading it and I I even though I just explained all that and that you'll be emotionally traumatized I highly 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 recommend it mm-hmm. yeah most definitely 
Okay. But uh, continuing off of that, uh, he was supposed to write the introduction to Marvel The Golden Age 1939 to 1949 hardcover, which is, um, um, it's, uh, it was supposed to publish Marvel's like greatest hits mm-hmm. uh, from that time period. Uh, five Marvel milestones, and it has three souvenir, uh, three so- sovereign superheroes. Uh, and it's $225, and it's supposed Jeez. to come out. Yeah, and it's uh, to be published uh, September 25th, 2019. Okay. Um, and he was supposed to letter the intro to mm-hmm. it. Uh, however, uh, in his introduction, he made a reference to Donald Trump as the orange skull. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And he did it kind of in a joking manner. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then he was told by Marvel to cut it out. So the, was that a like reference to the Red Skull? Yes. But then just changing it to orange, which the Red Skull is obviously mm-hmm. the, the Nazi, mm-hmm. uh, the the depiction and embodiment of Nazi and Nazism in early mm-hmm. Golden Age comics. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, in specific, it's it, the phrase that he used in today's all too real world. Captain America's most nefarious villain, the Red Skull, is live on screen, and uh, and an orange skull haunts America. Wow. Marvel told him to basically take it out uh-huh. or he will not be published uh-huh. in it. Yeah. And uh, Spielman hadn't realized that that was political. Kind of like he he just like, hey, it's a joke. Everybody's making jokes mm-hmm. about it. But Marvel had said that they are trying to remain apolitical. What? Yes. But I also heard... First of all... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck is apolitical? Do they read their own comics? <laughs> But I also heard that uh, Marvel was a Trump supporter. I mean, I briefly yes. read yes. that. So, no, I'm the top dude. Yes, yeah. he does. Um, I don't know his name, but he I donates. Per- 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 he he donates mm-hmm. um, to the Trump. Uh, yeah. What do you call it? To get reelected and stuff. The to campaigns. Trump campaigns. campaigns. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ike Perlmutter, chair of Marvel Comics, and his wife, Laura Perlmutter, are two of Donald Trump's biggest supporters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and it's before he was elected, Marvel had been publishing stuff that criticized Donald Trump during his campaign yeah, run. Yeah. Uh, stuff from uh, Unbelievable uh, um, um, Spider Gwen Annual, uh, from the Spider Gwen Annual and stuff like that. And even uh, from Marvel 2 in 1, there was still something when that first came I out. I mean, the entire Sam Wilson, Captain America Sam Wilson, mm-hmm. um, is all about. Him being the first black Captain America, or not even the first, but a black Captain America, and how that is so important. And there were so many scenes in that run of him coming together with other black superheroes and having a talk about how he didn't know if he wanted to take on the mantle and them basically telling him, you need to take this on. Mm -hmm. And in his um in his run of having the captain america um helm and and mantle and and trying to save people and to help communities he absolutely 100 freaking percent was political mm-hmm. and was helping people and actually stood up for people against policemen mm-hmm. um because there was abuse and stuff that was going on so i mean is this a new thing that marvel is saying because to say that they're trying to stay apolitical <laughs> is completely 
delusional. Right. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So in specific, this hardcover is being published by the Folio Society. So it's uh, it's uh, it's being published by a different publishing company mm-hmm. that does like kind of these exclusive like collector's edition hardcovers. Mm-hmm. But uh, the Folio Society told him that Marvel Comics was trying to stay apolitical and, quote, is not allowing its publications to take a political stance, end quote. Oh, my goodness. <sighs> yeah. Whatever. And uh, above all, uh, he says that I didn't think, uh, Art Spiegelman said, I didn't think of myself as especially political compared with some of my fellow travelers. But when asked to kill a relatively anodyne reference to an orange school, I realized that perhaps it had been irresponsible to be playful about the dire existential threat we now live it with. And I withdrew my introduction. International fascism again looms large, and the dislocations that have followed the global economic meltdown of 2008 help bring us to a point where the planet itself seems likely to melt down. Armageddon seems somehow plausible, and we're all turned into helpless children, scared of forces grander than we can imagine. Looking for respite and answers in superheroes flying across screens in our chapel of dreams. So, wow. Yeah, he's. <laughs> so uh he is his essay is published in uh, the guardian mm-hmm. uh specifically uh august 17th issue uh issue so if you want to read that it's available now uh to be read uh, and it's it his essay is good mm-hmm. it, i the introduction it was uh, in specific he he was talking about how during the prime of well like the, when marvel began like as we know it it had been because it had been Jewish creators mm-hmm. creating secular figures that stood up against political issues. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that seems so uh, ironic. Yeah. Uh, considering that then the Folio Society told them to take out the political stuff mm-hmm. when the work that is being published was something that maybe now we kind of see as apolitical, but it's not. Yeah. It wasn't at the time. And it was not that well received at the time. Mm-hmm. But it's uh, but and it's so funny that they that they um, brought him and then told him no. Yeah. Especially you. You hired the creator of Mouse. Right. You hired. Do you know what I was going to say? Yeah. Like in this day and age, Mm -hmm. do you know the implications Mm -hmm. of hiring? Yes. The this man who Mm -hmm. wrote this amazing story about against nazi fascism mm-hmm. <laughs> he wrote a book against fascism yeah and you really think he's not going to include something even if he did it first as a joke yeah he didn't he see himself as a political figure mm-hmm. until he made something and then he realized oh shit i'm in the middle of this too and the fact that i i, I find it bullshit that the fact that it was like oh if you remain silent then you're not being political yeah because that's such that's such horse shit yeah Mm-hmm. I Your was gonna say them come for exactly be mm-hmm. just like wasn't there a um, uh, Maya Angelou quote actually that mm-hmm. just came out recently at her death that basically uh, Maya Angelou or Toni Morrison oh I'm sorry Tori Toni, Mo- Toni Morrison yes Maya Angelou oh I'm pretty sure she said something too yeah of um, about um, about mm-hmm. absolutely you staying silent is is. You, I, I'm paraphrasing, but you staying silent or saying that you want to stay out of politics is 100% political. Yeah. Being apolitical is still a political stance. Yeah. And it's mm-hmm. it's horseshit. Mm-hmm. So uh, if you want to read his introduction to the Marvel Comics 1939-1949 uh, uh, 
issues, uh, hardcover issue, it is available at The Guardian. And mm-hmm. it is, uh, I think, a very good essay. All right, guys, it's time for... La Hora de la Cervecita. Oh, I'm going to need a drink after that. <laughs> <laughs> so today we have a beer that is coming to us all the way from Tehachapi, California, by way of Torrance Beer Cellar in Torrance, California, which we um, are big fans of. They have absolutely the m- most amazing selections and also free beer tastings every Friday and sometimes on the weekends. So this is from Local Craft Beer, um, and it's uh, a brewery that is uh, in Tehachapi, which is, I believe, is that Northern or Southern California? I believe it's Northern. Is it? Okay. That sounds like a Northern California. (laughs) I believe the address is up on top. (laughs) <laughs> yeah but uh, it just says Tehachapi I don't know <laughs> where that doesn't it is. give geographical <laughs> location oh, I, I'm sorry I thought I put the address on there well the address is here but yeah, it still doesn't address... mean that I know where it oh, is in it California doesn't, it doesn't say northern <laughs> geography oh, geography to- totally did not catch so that so the name of this beer is the juice is real and I have to say that my my oh. the, <laughs> the the can <laughs> I, I can't see the picture from far away. It's actually uh, uh It's pretty <gasps> it's pretty funny. Oh my gosh. <laughs> okay, so it's called the juice <laughs> It's called the juice is real. And the can art is a white bronco with a caricature of OJ hanging out of it. And it is a re-release of this beer, I'm assuming. So there's a big re-released over <laughs> over the Bronco. <laughs> Considering the name, oh, wait, uh, uh, it's so apt. It is 100% funny. so apt. So this beer is an IPA, Imperial Double New England Vegan Beer. And I have to say, before I read this description <laughs> of this beer, I thought all my beer was vegan. Like, what, what? <laughs> animal products are you guys putting in my beer? Like, yeah. What I, makes it not vegan? I, I have no idea. Although I was saying that, like, there are, are some um, milk IPAs or milk whatevers, milk stouts, that do have some lactose. Lactate? I don't know what don't into know. it. but No, lactate is something else. Never mind. Scratch that. Lactate? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so... Um, so yes, yeah, so it's a vegan beer, if that is something that you are concerned about. And it's a New England style juice bomb double IPA, triple dry hopped with Citra, Eldorado, and Mosaic. Those like are it. all types of um of hops. So this is a do- double IPA that comes in at a whopping 8.5%. And as far as IPA goes, that's, you know, pretty, I would say, pretty, pretty normal average. for that. Yeah. So on the can, it says about the beer, triple dry hopped with Citra Eldorado and Mosaic. This low IBU hazy double IPA looks like OJ and kills it with a citrus aroma and flavors of tangerine and orange keep cold drink fresh unfiltered and super hoppy sediment is normal so let it settle and leave it behind always pour into a glass cheers lcb brewmaster so it says 
what is this here? This is information about um, the brewery? Um, the I think it's uh, the information on the uh, local uh, uh, brewery, yeah. uh, the, the uh, symbol about the upside down um Oh, the upside down bottle. Yes. Uh-huh. What does it say? In- independent craft. Independent craft. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so it says, how can you tell if a beer is made by a U.S. craft brewer? Seek the independent craft brewer seal. Oh. oh. Okay. I've actually seen that before and I yes. never really paid attention to yes. it. Okay. So yes, it's an, upside, it's an upside down bottle and it says independent craft inside of it. And so uh, it says the independent craft brewer seal was launched in June 2017 by the Brewers Association, publishers of craftbeer.com. The Brewers Association is the membership organization dedicated to promoting and protecting small and independent craft brewers in the U.S. The Brewers Association defines a craft brewer as small and independent. The logo is designed as an upside-down beer bottle, which symbolizes how the U.S. craft beer movement has turned beer on its head worldwide. So that is this amazing intro to this beer that i'm when i smell these hazy ones it like makes my mouth water like right away it smells good yeah also when you said juice juice bomb i was just like so like an irish car bomb or like a sake bomb like what's going on here but then when you said it's like an 8.5 yeah 8.6 abv i was just like not like that okay got it (laughs) and the oscar goes to all right so I mean, honestly, the smell of it was amazing. Yes, I, I it's sitting right here on the table next to me. I haven't even brought it up to my mouth, but I can 100% smell the tangerine and orange. So, oh, yeah. It, it's, and it's making my mouth water. The and OJ so. is in there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's it so, smells yeah. so good. And you know what? I really appreciate that on the can they gave us instructions about the sediment. Because some people, I mean, what do we do with the sediment? Yeah. You know, and it sometimes when you're you're in a beer share and then there's sediment and you're like, you're not, you don't want people to think like, oh, my God, they've had this beer forever. Like, oh, it's, gone, yeah. it's gone bad. It's, yeah. You know, so it, it's cool that they have that kind of instruction, especially for new beer drinkers. Mm-hmm. So I think I really appreciate that. Um, I like the instruction about, you know, whether you chill it or let it sit or let it breathe or whatever. Um, I think they're, they're doing a heck of a job for sure. All I know is that. Last time I tried a hazy IPA here on the show, I from that we picked up at Torrance Beer Cellar, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm 100% and I'm going to go get this beer and have it in my fridge. And next thing I know, it was sold out. So in haze we trust, right? Yes. Yeah. This time, I am going to go <laughs> directly, do not stop, go, and pick this up because it is freaking amazing. Yeah. I it's good. love it. It's good. You I know, like it. and I love the attention I get um, at this shop because they already know me and they're like, hey, this is one you might like. Oh, nice. So, yeah. nice. so I'm like, excellent. I mean, he was just like on point. They're and- always so super nice and helpful yes, there. Yes. I mean, it, it seems like they take the time to know what the the person, the consumer mm-hmm. is purchasing. He's like, you might like this, you might like that, you know, that kind of thing. The uh, suggestions also, um, you can register your phone number and get discounts after so many purchases. So, I mean, it's a win-win. It's like the power pal of beer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. So what do you guys um, think of the taste? 
I love it. The orange and tangerine smell before you even drink it mm-hmm. just made my mouth water. And the taste, I mean, it's double IPA all the way. There's oh, a absolutely. hoppy finish. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're not going to get away from that. But I can taste those citrusy notes underneath of it. And also, I wouldn't necessarily say this is something I enjoy. But um, in this beer, I like it. The taste of like when you bite into an orange peel. Oh, yes. I oh. taste that. Yes. Yeah. I actually was going to say that. That it's sort That's of like. kind of like how the. Have you ever like bit an orange peel? Uh, yes. Like, and then, like, it kind of, in, like, on your tongue. Yes. It's not a numbness, but, like, kind of like a tinglingness. Oh, yeah, yeah. I feel uh-huh, that. Uh-huh. I feel that. Mm-hmm. And actually, I learned uh, when I went to Nicaragua and was uh, with my, um, what's it called, my um, mother-in-law, She call, they call it sumo. Sumo? Sumo. Yeah. Oh, okay. I don't know if there's a word, a zest I think mm-hmm. it's, oh, it's yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. but it's called in Nicaragua, it's called sumo. I don't know what they call it in Mexico because they use it a lot. They use sumo a lot in Mexico for their um, aguas frescas. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. But they don't use it in Nicaragua, which is weird. Yeah. But, but mm-hmm. I feel that the after the aftertaste yes. is the, the sumo. Hoppy, yes. yes. Mm-hmm. The hoppy aftertaste mixed with the citrusy taste yes. make it kind of give it that. That punch. Yeah. 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 Most definitely. I'm loving this, actually. I love the artwork. I mean, <laughs> oh, the, it it made it made us all laugh yeah, out loud. Yeah. It's like a, it's so funny. It caught me so off guard, yes. and, and I was just like, "Oh my god!" Well, you showed it to me from across the the table, but it was too far away for me to actually realize what the car and who was in it <laughs> was. So the white Bronco. When it got close to me, I was I I cracked up. That's mm-hmm. funny. And yeah, re-released. That's that's funny. So um. <laughs> That is funny. So when I got it, I just purchased it because he um, suggested it. Oh, based on his recommendation. Yes, nice. this was a recommendation. And so then I just took it. I put it in my bag and then I went home and I put it in the fridge. Uh, it wasn't until I was looking up information on this beer that I noticed. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and just like you guys, I kind of cackled out loud because I was like, this is freaking brilliant. Because uh, the, the, the title, the, the name of the beer ties into the artwork. Yes. And it w- and ties into the ties flavor. Ties into the flavor. Yes. Yeah. So I was like, this is freaking some clever stuff. So Oh, yeah. It's really funny. I What I find myself liking about most about the hazy ones that we've tried is that they're always fruity. Yeah. Is that, mm. is that a thing? Is like... I... You know what? I didn't pinpoint that before, but I, I'll have to look into it. Because if they are, then I, that's what I really like about them. If there's some that aren't fruity, I wonder how I would think about mm-hmm. them or if we've had any that are like that. But I feel like the one, all the ones that we have had are fruity. Yeah. And I like that about them. I like yeah. fruity flavors. It's a um, nice contrast to the hoppy finish of an IPA. Yes. It's like uh, it's it's very like kind of starburst on your tongue. Mm-hmm. Like it's not sweet. But it's very flavorful. Yeah, and I found that I find that I like that a lot. The other day I had um a, a strawberry lime cider, mm-hmm. and it had been really really good. Um, uh, it had been sweet, of course. Yeah, but um, <laughs> uh, but I had found that I enjoyed the taste of the strawberry lime more than anything. So there's actually in the South Bay a cider brewery. <gasps> so where it it. Um, used to be Honest Abe's, but mm. they changed, and now they're called oh, something okay. else, and I can't remember. Um, but I went there with Eddie a couple of uh, probably now 
a couple months ago. Um, and I was very surprised at how many of the ciders I actually enjoyed that mm-hmm. were not that sweet. I mean, you could tell it was um, a, a little, I mean, obviously it's not an IPA, yeah. um, but to be a com- considered a cider as opposed to a beer, I guess it is, is just brewing um, uh, technique and some other like stuff that is in it. I can't mm-hmm. remember exactly what it was because at the time I looked it up. I was like, what's the difference between a cider and a and a beer? Um, but I have always stayed away from them because I just thought that they were all like wine coolers. <laughs> but th- there were actually some really, really interesting flavors and uh, some that even though they they um, looked like they would be sweet based on what the title of them were and all the fruity names that they had weren't necessarily overwhelming mm-hmm. and were actually very good. So because it's a local place, we should maybe go try and um, get a couple and do some uh, oh, do yeah. some reviews of those because we've I don't think we've ever done a no, cider. No, we've never done cider. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And it's just, and I think that's what I liked. I used to say that it was because ciders were sweet. Yeah. But I think it was because of the fruity flavors. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, cause I, I, I enjoy them and I enjoy the hazy, hazy IPAs. Yeah. And then when we first started, I was just like, ew, IPAs, <laughs> ew, beer. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? It, it just goes to show you how your palate has, has developed um, and I love it. I, I'm, I'm all here for it. Dude, I'm, my go-to beer was MGD. Oh, in shit. college, <laughs> and then I got fancy and upgraded to Stella. <laughs> well, Stella is still my go-to lager. Uh huh. Um, but Stella's good. Yeah, but Stella is good in a pinch. But I completely agree with you. Like it, like our. I think our our beer knowledge has grown a lot. Yeah. During mm-hmm. our podcasting, so and it, I I want to note that. Every one of our glasses is empty now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it took me the entire podcast last time to finish. To finish? Yeah. yeah, but this time I actually, yeah, I'm already done. There's, <laughs> there's, we'll pass the can around again because there's still a little bit left. <laughs> so, are you ready to rate the beer? Yeah. Yes. Uh, what is our rating system? Again? So, out of a scale of one to five, one is flaccid. Two is initial. Let's see. I got to remember here because I closed it up. Um, Three is partial. And then four is full. Five is rigid. And a six out of five off the scale is a super saiyan. So what do you think, Sarah? What is your rating? Um, I'm going to go full. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. okay. most definitely. So a four out of five. Yeah. Yes, uh, only because I have tried Monkish and sometimes they they really blow my mind. So I'm going to go full on this one. But I really want to go like, not Super Saiyan, but after full is... Rigid. Rigid. Mm-hmm. You know what? F it. I'm going to go rigid <laughs> on this. I'm going to go rigid. Yes, most definitely. Okay. I'm going to give it a uh, 4.5. Okay. Uh, in between full and rigid. Uh-huh. Because I enjoyed it. I enjoy the fruity taste and mm-hmm. stuff like that. But I feel like rigid is like for stuff that really blows my mind. Mm-hmm. And I like the taste of this. 
uh, it's it's good. Yeah. I enjoyed it. And it's something that I would 100% drink on my own. But I, I guess there's still some hesitancy in me when it comes to IPAs yeah. and hazy IPAs. So it wouldn't be my immediate go-to. Now yeah. that I've had it, I would grab it yeah. uh, if I was in like a, like wherever it's available to purchase. Yeah. But um, um, but it's uh, so it's good. I like it. I like it in jaw uh, a lot. But it, uh, it's. I guess it wasn't like super impressed. Like, yeah. I wasn't super impressed. So, I think given that we've had other hazy IPAs that I absolutely loved and was like, oh my god, I really want to have this again and again and again compared to that. And based on that, um, I love it as a hazy IPA and I love the flavor and I love the citrus and I love all that. But in comparison to some of the other ones um, that we've had and specifically in Haze We Trust, um, I have dreams about that freaking beer. (laughs) Um, I am going to give it a full. So I will give it a 4.5 as well. Um, Mm -hmm. But this is a beer that I would specifically go and buy to give to somebody who I knew loved IPAs. Yeah. And um, it's something that, I mean, like people... There is more to freaking life than pineapple sculpin. Okay? <laughs> so, so do yourself a solid and venture out into the beer world. Okay? So, um, yes, I give it a four out of five. Mm-hmm. I love that. There's more to beer than the pineapple sculpin. <laughs> I love that. All right, guys, it's time for our book review. And today we're not only reviewing one book, and we're not really reviewing a book, but it's a zine episode. Yes, it's a special zine episode. Mm -hmm. Zine. So what is a zine? Like, What does distinguish a zine from a comic? Well, it has to be self-published, I believe. 100% self-published. Yes, and I think think like i don't know but most zines that i've seen are all the same size as the ones that we have here which are all the same yeah they're like small yeah small um independent uh, i don't know uh, there must be a checklist somewhere um that you mm-hmm. have to make sure that you fit uh within to mm-hmm. categorize your work as a zine although the one that well, you're you're holding is actually considered a chapbook yeah, which i've chap never heard that term before chap really chap, yeah yeah yeah. Okay. Um. I heard about it in college. Okay. And that's because I submitted a few um uh, poems to chat books. Okay. And stuff like that. But they tend to be usually one person instead oh, of a compilation. Okay. Oh, um, nice. uh, and they tend to usually contain poetry and art. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but mostly poetry. Uh-huh. It usually has um um beginning like um uh, piece and stuff like and end piece. This one had a few more pieces than usual, mm-hmm. and they're kind of theme setters as well. Okay. Oh, um, okay. Um, so there's like one theme throughout a chapbook yes Mm -hmm. which is very true for that particular one that we read yes this Mm -hmm. this um i want to say issue all the time this episode (laughs) (laughs) so we have five different um chapbook slash zines that we read Mm -hmm. and it's kind of interesting because we come across zines a lot at comic conventions there are a lot of um creators who have little side independent um 
projects that they're working on and they might not necessarily have enough to fill a complete comic or do a complete book, but enough to do a zine. And um, so out of all these, there's two that are specifically comic books. Mm -hmm. No, actually, I guess three. And then one was a chat oh, yeah. book, and then the third one was kind of, uh, it Oof. had pictures, and I guess that one would kind of be considered chat book, too, too yeah. if, I, if it we was, went by, yeah. the, by the, the category or the, mm-hmm. the check box boxes that you checked uh, off. Yeah, a bit. It, there's a lot of crossover between them. Mm-hmm. I I would consider this more a zine instead of a chat book, though. Okay. Yeah, because uh, it's it's still very, it's... it's it, Oh, it's, it's very, very comic- comic-y. It's very yeah. comic booky, but it has a lot of like, uh, but it does have like themes and yeah. everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not exactly poetry, but it's kind of poetically phrased a little bit. Yeah, yeah. in between. So but I would say this is more zine okay. than anything. Yeah, interesting. Mm-hmm. So I guess we can just start with the uh, Devil Mask. You can take the lead on that one, Sarah. So this is uh, a zine slash uh, one issue, I guess, uh, mini comic. Uh-huh. Uh huh. It's written and illustrated by Mark Martinez. What? Who's we? That name sounds familiar. Oh my god! He did Samuriachi. <laughs> yeah. That, I cannot say that for the life of me. Samuriachi. Samuriachi. Yes, actually, drinking this beer helps. Helps roll off the tongue. So we actually we come across a character that's Devil Mask, and we it's it's a very short. Kind of a story. I mean, most zines are. Yes, and mm-hmm. I, you know, I love. Uh, he was kind of throwing around this idea for a while. Yeah, I actually enjoyed reading the history yes. behind the mm-hmm. making of this book. Right, that was yes. super cool, and I, I did lo- like. That. And I, one of my favorite images is the uh, one of the last images on the back of the uh, book, Akira. which is which is an Akira, Akira kind of homage. Yes, mm-hmm. I, I love that. And he actually told us about how he was really into anime during that time. Um, and uh, It's very anime. Yes, so, most definitely. Yeah. Um, I like the fact that there's like a, the dark background to kind of accentuate the drawings. And yeah, he uh, did that in Samurai Achi too. That seems to be his style. And I really like that. Um, I like the fact that he is, he has uh, several characters that he um, introduces, kind of a horde. It reminds me a little bit of like uh, She-Ra, Princess of Power and the Horde. Mm-hmm. Uh, so um, if you get a chance, you should definitely pick this up. It is, uh, they're called, I believe, Blaster. Uh, mm-hmm. B-L-A-S-T-R no e um and it's it's a pretty interesting um uh, story where uh you see kind of one devil mask take on like the horde so i i feel that this is a, a really nice little passion project um i really that is it. actually a good description of that it mm-hmm. a passion project is this before or after samurai you know what? i do not know it's 2018 so, so it's after. after. So after. After, okay. yeah. after, yeah. Yeah. No, I really enjoyed it. And then there's a, a little, um, I guess there's a fan art from Mom. 
Oh mm-hmm. yes. Yeah. So so I thought that was really cute. And so mom is a um, is a creator, a comic creator, a female comic creator. I'm a, actually that's an assumption. I'm assuming she identifies as female, but um, she is um, Mark's partner, mm-hmm. and they often table together at conventions. conventions. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. So when you get two for one when you go and um, are able to. Yeah, I actually like that too. Yeah. It was yeah. really cute. It was, cute. It was uh-huh. totally cute. I thought it was a really cute collaboration where she came in and did like a little uh, uh, kind of a newspaper type of uh, of um, script script in the back, and I thought that was super cute that she used cats. No, it was probably my favorite. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah it was totally cute. You totally and this get one hundred percent because I'm a cat person. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a cat owner, I guess. Yeah, it kind of uh, gives you kind of like even that little. Um, seven panel cartoon in the back gives you kind of a a sense of the character's um personality Mm -hmm. which i really like so um i am interested to know if he's even uh considering doing a second issue because this one was really interesting sounded like it was a one like well it sounded like he had a lot of ideas about this character and i feel like because it is a zine that he barely really like scratched the surface Mm -hmm. because of the passion that he did have and this idea that had been brewing for so long. I feel like there was so much more there that he wanted to get out. Yeah. Yeah. So, but in essence, if this were just a one shot, I think he, he really wrapped it up in this small zine, but I really, really enjoyed it. I like this, uh, devil mask character Mm -hmm. is cyborg, bounty hunter <laughs> so yeah we should uh, so it's cyborg bounty hunter devil mask by mark martinez and it, it when i first picked it up like it said cyborg bounty hunter but devil mask but when i looked at it i was just uh, like a vampire or <laughs> i'm not sure and that's why it was i was like very anime uh yeah I, I feel like there's a lot of uh anime manga type influences in his work mm-hmm. yeah actually his mask reminds me of uh david max masks of the no oh yeah 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 and uh in the back he has um uh, first devil mask sketch december 11th 2016 so he's had this idea brewing for a while um, um and in the back uh he has a uh, tokusatsu is a Japanese term that applies to any live-action film or television drama that features considerable use of special effects. Tokusatsu literally translates as special filming in Japanese. So it's very, it has a very Super Sentai uh, kind of... What su- does that mean? Super Sentai is what the Power Rangers was based off of. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. And so that's kind of, that's kind of the feel for it. Mm-hmm. It's um, uh, a lot of Mark's stuff is very passion project. Um, uh from what I feel, and it's and like good on him for like having an idea and putting it out there. Yeah, he's doing what we have always said that for people to do. Yeah, he created, mm-hmm. uh, put it out in the world, and you, yeah, and you, you, at least you'll have made it. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure this, uh, this has hit somebody. This is somebody's exact thing because Super Sentai Power Rangers is it's huge. Yeah. It's still like it's still pretty huge, and you know, a lot of people love it. Mm-hmm. Max and stuff. It has a very mecha feel to to his outfit too. Um, um, I love that scarf. Yeah, the scarf look is pretty good. The scarf and reminds me of Grendel. Okay, I've never read Grendel. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> that that 
character with all the eyes uh-huh. reminded me of the um, character that's similar to that in Saga. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I can see that. I do like this design, though. It's very, um, uh, kind of not, if not exactly villain of the week kind of feel to it, but it's, um, um, but it's pretty, it's pretty good. I, I like, I like the design of some of the villains. Um, mm-hmm. especially that blob that kind of sits there on a floating chair. <laughs> <laughs> like, I love that guy. Yeah. <laughs> I have to admit that, um, uh, his artwork has, Developed a lot from oh, Samurai Yes, yes. <laughs> I remember one of my uh, major complaints about Samurai had been the fact that you can still see the pencil sketches. <laughs> yes. <laughs> in the finished product. Not and a pencil sketch to be seen in Not Devil a pencil <laughs> sketch to be seen. So he has improved. <laughs> and I... Good on him. Yeah. His artwork has improved a lot, too. This mm-hmm. was uh, pretty recent, too. Um... um while I do love Power Rangers, I have to admit that this wasn't really my thing. Mm-hmm. I am, uh, it's not really for me. Um, uh, and like, I like campy stuff and I like Power Rangers and I have, and I like Super Sentai as well. But it was, I, I don't know why, but it just didn't really click with me. All of those mm-hmm. words that you said mean nothing to me. <laughs> I never watched Power Rangers. I It was way after my time. I think my brother maybe was into it a little bit. Um, all those other words, I have no idea. I'm not into manga or anime or anything like that, except for the <laughs> ones that you forced down my throat to read. Yes. <laughs> that, yeah, I mean, admittedly, favorites. yes, I, I found <laughs> some that I enjoy. But um, so it also wasn't my thing either but i 100 percent agree with all of the improvements that i've seen in his craft and like mm-hmm. exactly like you said like congratulations for keeping at it and mm-hmm. continuing to improve and um i am interested to continue to read and to follow his um his growth and the projects that he has absolutely for sure ready to rate this one yes i'm gonna go two conchas on this mm-hmm. this is sarah Jen, as she giggles. <laughs> um, what did I give Samurai I think I gave Samurai two conchas. I don't remember. I think I gave it two conchas. And um, I kind of want to amend that now because I want to give this two conchas. Uh-huh. And you know what? I'm going to amend that. I'm I gonna... have to say that I do not think you gave it two conchas. <laughs> I want to say that I did give it two conchas because I was being kind. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so I'll have to I have I'll have to look back and see if I did. But I'll give this two conchas because I will I will I've appreciated the improvement that he's made. But I'm making an amendation now. Samurai Samurai Rachi is one concha. <laughs> So this is Kristen, and it. Um, I am also giving it to Conchas. Um, I really can see the improvement in the art. Um, the story and the genre was not for me whatsoever. Mm-hmm. But the fact that he writes and illustrates his stuff is like, yeah. uh, it, it's really amazing. Not many creators can do both or even try to do both because it's do a lot of freaking of work it. it's yeah. a lot of work and kudos to him for doing everything yeah, yeah. so um 
I gave it to Conchas. There in the back, um, it shows that you can find him on Tumblr at Mark L. Dude. <laughs> dot tumblr.com so that's m-a-r-k-e-l-d-u-d-e dot tumblr.com and then the artist in the back um mom who did the little um the little based on the series devil mask short um is also um a little in in the back of the magazine also has where you can find her and she has a website it's mom m-o-m comics dot org All right, <laughs> time to move on to the next zine. Yes, because they're they're small. Yes, uh, they're they're, tiny. they're easy to be. They're like the potato chips of the comic book world. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. We should yeah. coin that phrase. They're, they're snack size. They're fun size. Uh-huh. Uh But next one is Cochito el Maranito Muerto by Javier Hernandez for Year of the Pig. I did not know what to expect right? with this. I, I didn't. I, I mean, was I, like, I, I, I didn't. I, I'm I, sorry, Javier, but I was I was hesitant. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, Javier, but I was hesitant to read it. This is Sarah. 100% agree with with uh, Jen. I was hesitant. Yeah. I didn't know where this was going. I saw all the posts on Facebook yeah, about him working on it, mm-hmm. and yeah. I was like, "What is he doing?" Yeah. Uh-huh. Like. It, and then when I read the intro about being yes. like an homage yes. to the Spider Verse, yes. I was like, "Oh my god, got it! One hundred percent endeared me to it." Yes, all, same. One, and all of a sudden, I it, was just so like, "Oh my god!" And that yeah. goes to show you that you should actually put the time in to read the intro, yeah, uh, mm-hmm. because it could say a lot about the creation that you're about to read, right? Yeah. It also talked about why he chose the title Cochito, yes. which was. Very very interesting because he said that all his life growing up, the little pig-shaped pandulces yes. <laughs> were referred to as his um, by his family as cochitos. Cochito. Same with mine, really. And really? I didn't realize that so many people didn't, didn't use that. I know uh, my family didn't. Yeah, my no. grandmother called it a cochito, what? Uh, a porquito. Yeah. Uh uh-huh. uh-huh. yeah, yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. For me it was like El Porquito. That was mm-hmm. one of my mom's favorite uh, uh pan dulces as well. Yeah, yeah, it was my grandmother's favorite. I yeah. like it. I still eat them. Yeah. They're, they're good. I like them. They're like um very uh, um Can I like a gingerbread? Yes. Yeah. Yes. I was going to say anise uh-huh. kind of. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Anise. Yes. yeah. It's so good. So um I as soon as I read the intro I was like, okay, I'm in. Yeah, me I'm too. ready. I'm ready. Yeah. And you know what? This comic book I was like Oh my God, it made me actually laugh out loud. Me too. Yes. <laughs> I mean, from the yes. zombie pig. Yes. The zombie of uh, chewing on the pig and then him having kind of humanoid traits yeah. that yeah. he developed. And uh, I love how he was in LA. And yes. then everybody was so self absorbed. They didn't even they notice didn't he notice. was a pig. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is freaking gold. I love the heck out of it. I did too. And I I was like, this needs to be more yes. than this zine. Yeah. Like, yes. this needs to be an ongoing series. Like, and he's so cute. He is he adorable. Is. Yes, and he has some um, um uh, different art. I guess. Yes, there were some artists. pinups in the back that he had people do. Yeah, uh, and they were so cool. And the fact that like they kind of, you know how actually uh, well, didn't Mark do one? 
Yeah, yeah, Mark did one. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. So. Mark Martinez did a pinup in the yes. back of the comic. Uh huh. It was super cute. Yeah. Uh huh. And one. one of the things that well, when I used to go visit in Mexico, I know that we would feed um, the pigs la mazorca, which is the yeah. the uh, corn uh-huh. corn, uh-huh. corn mm-hmm. uh, on the cob, yeah. whatever. Um, so one of the pinups has like a, one of the elotes. Yes. And I, was uh-huh. like, that make, I, I agree with that a hundred percent. It was mm-hmm. super cute. Makes sense. And, um, uh, I loved that. It's kind of like El Muerto inspired. Yes. Kind of mm-hmm. outfit. Yes. Um, I, I love the, you know what I really, loved? which made me laugh because he actually gives a, a shout out to the movie. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. Says it was like a low budget. Some low budget, budget. Yeah. <laughs> Mo- moderate, modestly budgeted movie uh-huh. Uh-huh. that inspired his suit. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, that's super cute. But you know, one of the thing, the most important thing that I found from this comic was the fact that he, um, uh, n- that was my second favorite, but, the, <laughs> but my first favorite was the fact that uh, you can you can see Javier's sense of humor. Yes, in this. yes, one hundred percent. Like it's completely different from the writing of El Muerto. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. But he really slays the comic yeah. aspect mm-hmm. of writing, and I was like, I didn't realize you were so talented at being <laughs> at being like super funny like okay so i have to tell you that a hundred percent when i say jokes or on facebook or i mean you guys know how yeah. i am yeah. he always reacts with a like shocked face <laughs> and so that is um that that's the impression I get of him when it comes to humor. Yeah. And so that he's very reserved. Right. Uh-huh. But right. that is not at all not, like not mm. here. I mean, his jokes and his it, they, they hit every single time. Oh, yes, absolutely. 100%. Yeah. It was it was really good. Uh, I enjoyed it. And the scene that Sarah was talking about, us, <laughs> yeah. the, we were already endeared by the introduction. Yes, absolutely. But by, by the end of this particularly particular story, he does a little shout out yes, to us. Does. Yes, <laughs> and we appreciate it a lot, Javier. Yes, and mm-hmm. I didn't know, and I'm like, did he tell us about this? And I totally forgot. Like, it's a it's a character in mm-hmm. the comic in a panel. It's a female who is chasing um, El Cochito, <laughs> saying, "Hey, who are?" are you come on to see comics podcast our listeners want to know (laughs) and that was so awesome and as i was reading it i audibly gasped out loud yeah Yeah. i i squealed with glee i was like (laughs) (laughs) i had no idea i mean he did mention the fact that he was like oh you know i made her hair like like your hair because i used to have colored hair Uh Mm -hmm. um and that's kind of like the last i heard of that and like when we read it i I actually was completely shocked. Yeah. yeah. Like I completely, I mean, I, I read it. I yeah. like straight uh, up yeah. forgot. Yeah. Reading it like <laughs> months later and then uh, forgetting about, you know, that yeah. he had mentioned that it was like a completely beautiful like gift. Yes, mm-hmm. it was. Yes. It de- that is a great um, way to describe it. It definitely does feel like an amazing gift yes. for mm-hmm. for a creator to give a shout out like that. Into, yes. I'm okay. So n- no shade against um, <laughs> La El Voz de Mayo, but we but we paid for that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god can't take we it did. we did 
we did. Um, but this is just sorry, like, Henry. <laughs> this is completely just like out of his heart the, to shout out to us, and he's always been such a great support. Oh, absolutely, uh, supporter of Comadesi Comics. Yes. So thank you so much, Javier, for that and for making us a part of this amazing little cochito I loved comic. It. Oh my god, yes. it was. I mean, was I fun. laughed out loud. I mean, it it's so cute it's so creative it's so funny mm-hmm. the artwork is on point uh i can't say i mean you need to make this like an actual trade paperback yeah like you do we need more or at this. least freaking make a shirt or something uh, yes. yeah <laughs> oh, i will oh wear God. the hell make- out of <laughs> this um shirt make a tank top though okay <laughs> <laughs> make it a tank top yeah <laughs> for sure so are we ready to rain it yes yes okay i'm all about the whole panaderia on this yeah. one yes yes uh same here not only that i just it just goes to javier's style of artwork mm-hmm. is not my it's not the usual ones that i'm attracted to yeah same uh, but i am 100 percent endeared yes by me his too. artwork yes. anyway so ever since we day um uh days of the dead yes it's uh, i i 100 dig his artwork yeah. and yes. it's just like it's it just goes to show like writing uh has a lot to do with mm-hmm. uh with at least for me i uh writing is a big part of it like I have, artwork is 100% a bonus and everything but I, I do like his artwork now mm. and uh, I find it very endearing yes but it's not usually my style but and I'm still gonna give it like the whole panaderia yes it's good so this is mm-hmm. Kristen and I agree 100% with both Jen and Sarah and I give it the whole panaderia of um of the whole panaderia full of little cochitos uh, <laughs> and um cafe de olla to, oh my god can you just imagine oh. dipping them in oh, cafe yeah. de olla oh mm, that sounds so good yeah, you just made me hungry <laughs> yeah you did <laughs> shame on you so um that is three whole panaderias for cochito el maranito muerto mm-hmm. let's go All on right. to the next the next one is you say latino a mini comic by terry bloss um uh, and I'm not going to be real here. The first time I saw this, um, uh, I don't know. Something in my head didn't read it as you you say Latino. Mm-hmm. I I saw it as I'm a, yo soy Latino. Me too. Oh, yeah. Me too. Uh-huh. I, I read it like that too. Like in passing. Like I'm like, oh, yo soy Latino. Yeah, like I, like, I, I had like glimpsed at it and I was just like, yo soy Latino. I was just like, okay, cool. But then upon further inspection i was just like no it's you say latino uh-huh. right. so i i don't know if that's intentional or not but i liked it a lot mm-hmm. um uh, and in the background we get a little bit about information about terry um uh, his likes and his dislikes he likes unicorns diet coke cheese comic books <laughs> buffy the vampire slayer cartoonists uh cartoons and animation um uh, rami and michelle pizza i love that movie drag queens <laughs> Disney drawings and sushi. He dislikes snakes, hot weather, watermelon, sports, camping, math, country music, mood, uh, <laughs> hypocrites, no really hot weather, and snakes. Did I mention snakes? And tomatoes. All right. I'm going to drag you for that. Tomatoes. Dude. Tomatoes are good. And I stand by this. <laughs> Dude, I'm with you on hot weather. Like we are like most of the stuff you said it's like my spirit animal. <laughs> Seriously. Um, Let me just say, loved, loved, loved the artwork. Yeah. It is yes, super Yes, I great. do love the artwork. The and artwork is really His good. artwork is very chibi-ish. I don't yeah. know chibi. It's very, um, um, 
it's very modern cartoonist. Yeah. Okay. Is what I'm going to go with. Because right now there's a specific tile of cartoonist. It's very um, uh, Steven Universe. Yes. Um, uh, Clarence, Craig of the Yes. Creek. It's very kind of bubbly. Mm-hmm. And in fact, he say. actually um, is an artist on Amazing it, uh, World of Gumball. I love Amazing World of Me Gumball. Too. It's yeah. so good. My I still watch it with my siblings whenever we can because it's so... It's... It's so, so funny. It's so internet savvy yeah. that it's it's really great. And I don't know how they managed to pin down the episode so well yes. to come with children's phases of the <laughs> internet. It's, they're really good about it. They're like really good about it. So um um this is uh it's a mini comic, but it's I would I would say it's a zine. Yes. And it is specifically about the differences between Latino and Hispanic, Hispanic. Yes. Uh, and what the difference is, is and it's all kind of information that we have vaguely touched upon mm-hmm. here uh, in it uh, what is the difference between Latino and Hispanic and how sometimes people use it interchange- mm-hmm. interchangeably but they are different yeah. Uh, in specific the comic says that Latino is specific for somebody who is from Latin America uh, below the US um, uh, border mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh and hispanic is someone who is uh comes from a spanish-speaking country mm-hmm. yes uh, like spain yeah like spain spain can uh spaniards can be hispanic but they are not latino right right um, um and it's uh and i agreed with everything it's a it's all views that i uh, also have mm-hmm. and so but it's also a good introduction about what is the differences between yeah. those there's a of course things are 100% incredibly more complex than they are right. <laughs> and hispanic has been uh taken out of um uh, academia mm-hmm. uh, yeah you can't use uh I, both i think latino and hispanic mm-hmm. um uh and there's not we don't even get me started on latinx and the, <laughs> yeah. the division about that some <laughs> well, latino some latino or latinx m- people say that I? nobody ever uses it whereas right here yes. what we use it all the time. Yeah. I use it all the time. I use it all the time. And I think it's also a generational difference yeah. as well. Yes. But even I have met young people who's like, why do you use Latinx? I'm just like, I don't know. Why the fuck are you an asshole? As I don't know. As soon <laughs> as I hear, uh, heard the explanation of why it was used, I didn't need to know anything else. And anybody who hears an explanation and continues to argue against it, I feel feel like needs to um, examine their own um, misogynistic uh, leanings because that's what it all comes down to. Mm-hmm. I um, also have to um, add on that I just recently was introduced to Ch- Chicanex. Chicanex. Oh, uh-huh. Yeah. So I was like, that's something. <laughs> Chicle. 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 Uh-huh. Um, that's something I had no idea existed. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, I was introduced to Latinx by you guys. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah, so it was something I didn't know. I really didn't research or anything. And mm-hmm. so when you guys uh, told me, I thought maybe you guys were misspelling it. I remember when you said that. <laughs> I was yeah. like, Are you? I'm like, I corrected the spelling. <laughs> and they're like, no, that's an actual word. And then I looked into it yeah. and I'm like, oh my God, why didn't I know about yeah. this? Yeah. I don't I don't think it's like I mean, a recognized, recognized word, but it's being certainly yeah. used. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's replacing 
the O or the masculine ending to a lot of, of words, words. Yes. Are, um, replacing it with an X is happening in a lot of words and languages mm-hmm. by people who are trying to call attention to the fact that um, masculinity, the, the male gaze, all that kind of stuff is the way that society has run for so long. But oh, yeah. there are two freaking genders and there should be equality. Mm-hmm. And the fact that being male has been the preferred gender and the preferred identity for so long is an issue. Yeah, and the default. And not only that, it's just that there's some people who don't identify as that as yeah, well. Yeah, absolutely. So it's, it's a good, uh, I think it's a good replacement. Yeah. And it should be... I, to me, the whole like people don't use Latinx is the same thing as why do people put pronouns in their Twitter bios mm-hmm. uh, argument. And I'm just like, it's not bugging you. Like, what What about it? Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Am I shoving it up your ass or yeah. something? <laughs> uh, what's going on here? Like, people are using it and I'm not forcing you to use it. Yeah. So, like, go ahead. Keep on using Latino if you want. I'm not offended by it and stuff like that. But I personally will use Latinx. Yeah. I use it in my a lot of my bios. Mm-hmm. And I put my pronouns on my Twitter page because I fucking feel like it. Yeah. And it's just like, uh, like, it's normalizing it. right and then yes. that's that's the whole point uh and if you don't want to use it that's fine mm-hmm. like i'm not gonna drag you for it like it's your preferred it's language mm-hmm. It's language, and um, uh, and this is just how I'm choosing to be my language. I had a whole Facebook argument with somebody, um, uh, about it uh a while ago, and I'm just remembering that conversation right now. <laughs> and he was just like, and he said he told me it was like, oh, so what? Do you expect all of us to do it? I think it's stupid that we are going to replace the X in uh in all of Spanish academia. And I was just like, first of all, I fucking doubt that you read Spanish academia in the fucking first place. <laughs> um, uh, and then second of all, what's the big deal yeah oh uh, like what 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 why is it such a big deal yeah and when you ask that question they can't help but out their own misogynistic mm-hmm. or or homophobic yeah. or, or all all these ideals that i'm just like oh, okay so you're just a shitty person right, is what yeah. you're telling me right here right now <laughs> uh and like it's it's a subject that i am fired up about yeah and so i'm very passionate about it too uh so oh well well i think that the you say latino it it really caught my eye i don't remember what convention i was at that i bought it from but it caught my eye and it was really um interesting because we hear that especially in doing what we do we hear and see people interchangeably use these words a lot i remember sitting on a freaking panel and we were talking about um the brothers that do day tripper they're they're brazilian yes they're latino yeah they're okay they're brazilian um but somebody in the audience was like they're not latino and i'm like Oh, they're yeah. not Hispanic, but they are absolutely Latino. <laughs> yeah, I remember. They're I, from Latin America. <laughs> yeah, I remember this, and that was just a, like, yeah, like uh, we we address this as well. In specific, here in the zine, it says Latino means from Latin America, and Latin America refers mostly to everything below the United States of America, including the Caribbean. Yes, and I I one hundred percent agree with yes. that as well. Hispanic means from a country whose primary language is Spanish, but not every country in Latin America speaks Spanish primarily mm-hmm. so like um, um uh, like different different forms of like speech and everything yeah i mean mm-hmm. 
Brazil is uh, an easy one because it's everyone a- knows that they speak Portuguese. Mm-hmm. But just like how you have introduced Je- uh, Sarah and I to the fact that there's so many freaking dialects that are spoken. Mm-hmm. Not everyone speaks Spanish in Mexico or Guatemala or any of the southern and central mm-hmm. Americas. There's so many languages. I think mm-hmm. he even makes reference to how many languages are spoken in Mexico. Yes. yes. He does have some very, like, uh, at the end, he has some facts yes. about Mexico. Mexico, yes. And Mexico has 68 official languages. Wow. Yes. Uh, and it has, it has uh, some nice um, uh, little tidbits, like Mexico's official name is United Mexican States. I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, Mexico is the 11th most populous county country. Oh, sorry. Yeah, uh, in the world with 121 million people. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it says in Mexico, artists can pay their taxes with, with artwork. artwork. Yeah. yeah, that was so mm-hmm. that was super cool. Yeah, yeah. And it says the world's largest pyramid is not in Egypt but in Mexico. Mexico. Yeah, the Pyramid of the Sun, right? Yes. Uh-huh. Um, uh huh. And um, uh, popcorn was first domesticated in Mexico 9,000 years ago. Wow. Yeah. Uh, San Francisco was part of Mexico until the Mexican-American mm-hmm. War in 1848. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mexico City boasted the largest taxi fleet in the world with 100,000 taxis running every day. Wow. Mm-hmm. There's only one gun shop in Mexico. Most of the countries... <laughs> that farm- part super was, was shocking. Uh-huh. There's only one gun shop in Mexico. Most of the country's firearms are smuggled in from the USA. Mm-hmm. Right. So the USA is providing guns uh, to, to Mexico. Mexico. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that, that made me salty. Like... <laughs> I get it. I yeah, with get today's it. problems, I was just I was just like, oh, nice. I also mm-hmm. like how in this book he also shines a light on his uh, white half, which is his dad. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I thought that was really cool because you know, uh, kind of there's that dynamic, and I love this book. Mm-hmm. Every time I say his name, I think of like. Instead of blast, I think blast. Terry, blast. <laughs> like someone just hitting something. Blast. Yeah. Um, but yes, it's amazing. He actually, like I said, he's worked on Amazing World of Gumball. He's done a whole bunch of other stuff. He actually has a book called Hotel Dare that he did with Claudia Aguirre. Yes, I saw that. They were they successfully kickstarted it. Mm-hmm. Right? And yeah. it's being it's going to be published by uh Lion Four? I'm not sure, sure who Boom. it's being published for. Or by, let me see, I have a picture of the book here, but it looks like it's just maybe the Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they Kickstarted book. it, and then it's going to be officially published as okay. well, I believe. Nice. Um, but I was super excited for it as well. Mm. So um, And Claudia is the um, colorist for Moon Girl Devil Dinosaur. Ooh. And she was work- she worked on some other things that we've done, too. Um, something recently, I remember. I know what you're talking about, but I can't remember. Yeah, I can't remember what it is. We read so much. (laughs) (laughs) So you can find out all about Terry at terryblass.com. It's T E R R Y B L A S dot com. And he has a a little bit of a. a blog there on his on his website and um i highly recommend that you just uh look at a lot of his work and his style is just so cute it's very cute i really i mean i'm looking at a one minute unicorn 
sketch that he did right here. That's just so cute. Aww. So yeah, so check him out. Um, he has Instagram, he has Facebook, um, and definitely um, support him. I don't know if you, I'm, I'm assuming he would still be able to get you copies of this zine, um, but definitely reach out to him um, if you're interested and check out more of his work. So are we ready to review this zine? Yes. Uh, I'm going to give it three conchas. Me too. Okay. I also am giving it three conchas. I really, really liked it a lot. The art was amazing. Yes. The the history, the education I got, 100%, I am all about it. So three conchas all around. Yes, definitely. Hooray. All right. On to the next one. This next one looks like it's been through the ringer. Uh, <laughs> and the the content of it looks like the creator was through the ringer. Yes, too. <laughs> Jesus. Maybe that was an artistic uh, <laughs> artistic direction choice. that they went. Yeah. They right. crumpled it up before they sold it to me. <laughs> I actually got this one at the Asian American Comic Con. Oh, okay. Yes. okay. Yes. So this one is called The Daisy Chain by Tevi Ko. Um, it, it, I, uh, I really love the, it's printed on, on pink paper. And I think that was on purpose because I feel like it, it adds to the text of the context of this scene. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that the cover is, uh, Uncle Jesse from, uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. From, uh, what is it called? Uh, God, Full House. Yes. Are we sure it's supposed to be Uncle Jesse? I'm pretty sure it's Uncle Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> Why would it be Uncle Jesse? Maybe though? she, ha- but th- see, the thing is like, uh, the, the context is like crushes and love and relationships. Yeah. I think Uncle Jesse was one of her crushes. So, uh, but uh, I really enjoy. I don't think it's Uncle Jesse. It's Uncle Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> what is he? Uh, uh, what would what would he say in the in the in the show? It goes, uh, "Have mercy." Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but um, uh, did, I, did I, Uncle Jesse have bangs like this? He had a mullet. Oh okay. My God. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. He did. Uh, well, I really like this scene. We need um, to reach out to this woman and ask. <laughs> <laughs> we need to know. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's this primarily is. Oh, wait. Yeah, it's Uncle oh Jesse. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> it's Uncle Jesse. Um, I really like the theme of this is kind of heartbreak, relationships, poems, mm. um, a photo booth, photographs. I think that's her thing. That was very interesting. Yes. I kind of liked that. Yeah, yes. I like that too. I like that too. And the whole kind of erasing the uh, the person, her partner's yeah. face. Yeah, I, I see the meme on Facebook going by uh, where it is. A photo booth picture and it's scratched out and it's like how we unfriended people back in the day. (laughs) (laughs) And it very much is a recurring theme in this scene, which I really liked. I loved the um, saltiness of the poetry and stuff like that. I love this. I think this speaks out to a lot of um, females out there that are heartbroken or are, you know, trying to find love or Mm -hmm. and or been uh what is it called uh been um hurt by someone else not Mm -hmm. necessarily women 
but maybe a relationship that we're trying to start. But I really like this. I mm-hmm. thought it was really personal. It's very oh, personal. Oh, it's very personal. And I thought it was, I think it's very brave that she would put this on a zine and sell it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought that was amazing. It was It was very much like looking into somebody's like, yeah. I was getting a part of her and I was almost uncomfortable Re- yeah. with it. Because I was like, oh my God, this is so much. Until I realized that I, I kind of relate to it mm-hmm. as well mm-hmm. and it's not that i'm um it's not that like i've been heartbroken but i think i may have hurt some people okay and so it was it was a good perspective mm-hmm. into how somebody uh how i could have hurt somebody well the dedication of the book actually mm-hmm. says dedicated to all the women who put up with all my bullshit mm-hmm. exactly i mean as soon as i read that i'm like whoa mm-hmm. so it actually begs the question, which one of the people is she? Like mm-hmm. when she's talking about, because when I read it, I, or when I read that dedication, I started reading this thinking all of the women were doing her wrong. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. maybe it was the other way around. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the cool thing about this scene is because uh, I think, I think when she executed this she put herself on both sides of the spectrum Mm -hmm. and i think that's what makes this such an interesting and yeah very Uh emotional zine yeah which i really enjoyed because it's uh, i yeah it's a little bit of both like Mm -hmm. who was like who was kind of like who was at fault or who Mm -hmm. you think and it's very kind of like a uh we we don't know yeah uh perspective it's like um, she's putting her her whole heart and soul into this, but we we can't just say, you know, she's the hurt party or she's the party that hurts. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's what makes it, it that's what makes it kind of aloof and what gives it that mysterious kind of mm-hmm. who is she, which is great, I think, because she's being very transparent. Yeah, mm-hmm. but at the same time, she still has some mystery. Yeah, because which, it's so personal. Yes. It's, colored by her her perspective right. of yes. it. and yes. i couldn't keep that and i really like the end of it which shows i guess the women that she's dated yeah mm-hmm. uh, and uh-huh. the spectrum uh-huh. of the women that she's dated one of the one of the pages is a a drawing of one of the women and just underneath it it says i still don't know why you're internet famous and i was like who is she talking <laughs> I know, about i want to know <laughs> <laughs> like who is she my favorite one was actually um um because in between the pages are um uh, are those um uh, picture booth ones uh <laughs> and so one, they're actual pictures mm-hmm. taken from picture booths where you know how you do different poses and like four or five pictures come mm-hmm. out in a strip mm-hmm. and she actually has photocopied them onto the pages mm-hmm. some of them with you know sayings underneath some of them with just scratched out eyeballs mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. stuff but it's so like impactful to mm-hmm. see it amongst the story that she's telling yes, here yes exactly yeah. cuz it, it ties in i think mm-hmm. yeah. yeah and it's just um, my favorite one is probably the one uh that's next to a very funny one that says i was drunk so you drove uh, so you drove home but you crashed my car stop trying to contact me i know that was <laughs> funny that was funny and i want to know i know I, like yeah. what happened yeah. girl tell me like i feel but, like this could be like the introduction 
factory uh, zine and then make other zines uh, just on based on one, one woman. Number. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. But my favorite one is the next one next to it is like, I'm not mad at you for choosing your career. Good luck in med school because it's it's. It's genuine, but mm-hmm. it's also salty. Yeah. Yes. At least that's the impression that I got. From yes. Uh, so uh, it's I, that one was probably my favorite one yeah. because I can feel that because I did dump somebody. Yeah. Because I was just like, <laughs> I got to focus on school. And unfortunately, you're not my number one priority. Yeah. And I said that to them. Dang, girl. That's how we broke mm. up. <laughs> that would have destroyed me, by the way. Is her name <laughs> Tevik? <laughs> no. I, I don't know how. Somewhere out there, there's a zine all about Jen. <laughs> <laughs> so um, she gave us her contact information on her card. Where can we I find her see. work? So she is a Tevico illustration and design. You can find her at tevico.com and co is spelled k-h-o-u uh tevi is t-e-v-y um uh, you can also find her i'm guessing on instagram at at tevico and you can email her at tevico at gmail.com excellent are we ready to rate it yeah yeah I'm going to go three conchas okay. I, felt, I felt this in my bones mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm going to give it two conchas um, uh, I did enjoy it a lot, but I wanted more. Yes. So I, uh, it's it's good, but I'm going to give it two conchas. I'm also going to give it two conchas. Um, I really liked, though, the rawness of the emotion mm-hmm. that we got uh, mm-hmm. in the book. And I think that you hit on a great idea. She should come back and do. Um, we need to know about that crash car. <laughs> <laughs> I need to know about that crash car. I need car. to know the deets on that one. Yes. <laughs> All right. So, moving on to the next one. And this one is the chapbook. And this one is, like, even the, the paper quality is better than yeah. the other ones, too. So, that also that also distinguishes the chapbook uh, as well. Also, I forgot to mention, some most chapbooks are actually also published by either the university or oh. college that they okay. were published. Or um, uh, usually uh, a professor or whoever is right, uh, doing it gets enough funding that they can do it. And another thing that chapbooks is that they're usually like this, is this format is like there's usually like heavy paper mm-hmm. um, uh, on here with um, uh, with a title a piece of artwork, usually from either their personal collection or one that they identify a lot with, uh-huh. and then they're uh, by who it is. Okay. But this one is "Don't Ask Me," art and poetry by Teresa M. Rojas. And who uh, is Teresa M. Rojas? She is the co-founder and director of the um, Latino Comic Con in Modesto that we went to last year. Yes. She co-founded in and. Um, uh, helped to run the Modesto Comic Con with Javier last year when Latino Comics Expo went to Modesto. Mm-hmm. And she, um, Javier has decided to do the Latino Comics Expo, I believe, in the LA area again next year. But Teresa has taken it upon herself to continue the Modesto Latino Comics Expo at Modesto City College mm-hmm. and um, is going to be um, having that event again, I believe, in March, March. of mm-hmm. 2020. 2020. Mm-hmm. So, um, and she's also a professor of English there at Modesto Comic Con. So that's how we know Teresa. That's how we got this book. She was there. She had her own little um, table at the Comic Expo and she was selling her stuff. And this actually just really um, interested me. Mm-hmm. Um, 
because uh, I just kind of flipped through it. And I really like poetry. I like to read poetry and the fact that it was I didn't know until I read it, but the fact that it kind of looked a little bit somber, that was like all of, I was all about that. So I grabbed it. But it turns out that this book kind of all revolves around a divorce that she went through. That, and the loss, and of, her the loss of her mother. Yes. yes. And um, uh, when you open it up, you get a very uh, a, pic- a picture of a very beautiful piece of art uh, that I guess I think she did. Um, uh, and it's just it. it it swirls of color mm-hmm. mostly the color blue uh and it makes it for a somber piece yes uh, uh it's like looking into like a pool or something uh and then the next page is for my mom the head chingona mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's uh it seems to be by um uh underneath uh a dead tree yeah or at least a very like a winter tree uh-huh mm-hmm. um and it's it it's Again with like with the daisy chain, it was very personal. Yes, very oh, very personal. It was uh, it was very personal, um, um, and she gives us an introduction about kind of where she's coming from, uh, and what she was doing, and then uh, the first poem that you read is called "Swimmer," and it is her wondering uh, about. Why, how she didn't really fully learn how to swim until she was 34. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, no, 35. Until mm-hmm. she was closer to 35 is when she really actually learned how to swim. And it's just her reminiscing about the summer and nostalgia and about her father. But also uh, kind of this pervasive fear among the Latino community. Mm-hmm. Because I know a lot of Latinos uh, who don't know how to swim. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it's and it all it's all pieces like that that reflect kind of on love and loss. Yeah. And um, um and it was it was it was one hundred percent personal. A hundred percent. I also feel like it was kind of a metaphor mm-hmm. for that swimming was kind of a metaphor for like existing in life and like and also learning how to grow um and that she didn't learn how to do some of that until she was much older and i can 100 percent identify with that 100 percent so i i was i was personally touched by a lot of different themes that she had mm-hmm. here um that being one of them but also her um her relationship with her mother like yes. very very um like hot and cold hit and miss mm-hmm. like I, I my mother is still alive and so i have the fortunate ability to continue to work on that relationship but there were some times where i was just like you know what i'm cutting my losses and i'm never speaking to this woman again and <laughs> i will be better off for it yeah uh i completely agree with you um i this is sarah and i actually cried reading uh a couple of these poems, especially Don't Ask Me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, where she basically comes back to work and pe- people are asking, how was your summer? Yes. What did you do? And, yes. And it's like, uh, yeah, my mom died, bitch. Right. Like, yeah. uh-huh. But and she's really like, hurt and yeah. uh-huh. she's angry and she portrays this in this, in this poem. And I was just like, 
I totally and I totally feel you on that one. Yeah. I honestly I everything you're saying is my truth. Like, right. Completely. And the other one that I like was the one um, I can't I think it was called poem for my mom. But it's mm-hmm. about how she kept calling her mom a bitch. Yeah. Okay. But I loved it yeah. I, because you know what? My mom mm-hmm. was a bitch. <laughs> and I actually honestly I'm not going to kid you. Um, I had a beer and I reread it again. And then my brother came home and then I sat him down and I read him the poem because I'm like, this poem reminds me of mom. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And um, and I read it to him and I'm like, rarely is there an occasion where I actually read something to someone because it means so much to me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I'm not I'm not bad mouthing my mom. I'm just saying that, you know, like she was a strong personality type of woman and she it was her way or the highway you know Uh um and so uh god i'm getting emotional just thinking about it but um (laughs) this spoke so much to me yeah Mm -hmm. like on so many levels even the analogies of swimming yeah and you know it was in it broke my heart the Mm -hmm. one where um where she stopped for tacos I mean, it's so stupid and campy, like, oh, yeah, we stopped for tacos. But what the end result of that, you, I'm not even going to spoil it. It was just super amazing. And yeah. it just was like 100%. I felt everything, everything. About that is, um, uh, I, I, it was so true. Like, this is 100% a Latina woman yes. Yes. writing about uh, what the uh, the latina woman experience yes between your relationship with, with your mother yep. yeah your relationship with men mm-hmm. and yes. your relationship with siblings as well yes um uh, yes and when you when you were saying like about uh about it was very like it's either my way or the highway there's a piece in uh, the poem for my mother it was uh that says she was a don't ever let a man tell you what to do if you leave now you can never come home no one wants the cow when you can get the milk for free. And you've actually oh, said, good, you, yes. you said, yeah, yeah, you said, said that. that you've heard that. Yes. And uh, remember, you can always come, come home back. if you need to, bitch. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's and, that contradiction yeah. of, yeah, of, of, of a uh-huh. relationship and it's so complex. Yeah. And it's just and it's and if it's a feeling that uh, that we all have all us. had right. between uh, as Latina women with our mother. Why is that? Com- why is that? relationship so pervasive exactly that everybody seems uh, latino women seem to have come up with as as a matter of fact when mm-hmm. i was reading this had so much uh similarities to gabby a girl in pieces oh, and the relationship yeah, uh-huh. she had with her mom uh-huh. mm-hmm. so i'm like there's a there's a theme yeah there's there's a theme. The, you know the kind of the, this this almost never-ending love for your children child but then this harshness to yes because i love my mother I love her dearly, but there is some aspects of me that she will not accept. Right. That she that she has one hundred percent ignored. But I can't hate her for it. Yeah. There's a piece of me that almost wants to. Yes. But I still love her so much. Yes. Absolutely. And and why what is this? Mm -hmm. What is it about our culture? And that's what I kept asking myself as I was reading this. How is this so pervasive? What makes this in our culture? And I just and I couldn't come up with answers for Mm -hmm. it but it's just it's there it's an experience Mm -hmm. that that we have something that's interesting that has always stuck out to me because i have i grew up in in a household where my mother was number one a number one bitch Uh and um 
in my older years, I've learned more about her relationship with my grandmother. Mm -hmm. And she talks about how I like I grew up with my mother never telling me she loved me. Mm -hmm. Um, As an adult, I can see that she 100 percent did and that she did things like that. It was her way of showing love Love, to to Mm -hmm. me. But she never told me. She never hugged me. She never did any of those things. And as I became an adult and I started having adult conversations with my mom, started learning that my grandmother never told her that she loved her and Mm. never hugged her and never did these things. And what I find so interesting is that it wasn't that she wasn't capable of doing it because she did it with me all the time. Mm-hmm. as her granddaughter mm-hmm. and so it's it's very interesting in our culture how this is mm-hmm. um something that you we hear all the time and part excuse me <laughs> <laughs> i'm not even the one crying yet <laughs> i thought you were gonna start sobbing actually <laughs> I, was like, I was like oh shit it's <laughs> that beer coming up for a second try <laughs> um part of how i perceive my role in my relationship with my mom is kind of as a duty to stop that cycle Mm -hmm. and like I said there were times where I was like I'm never speaking to this woman again and I will be better off for it but instead pushing through and talking to her and getting to the heart of why she is the way she is Mm -hmm. and learning more about my grandmother who is now gone um, and learning about the hardships that they all fucking went through and the hard lives that they all lived, the fucking sexual abuse Mm -hmm. that they endured. And now I'm going to (laughs) cry. And, As a Latina, I feel like it is my duty to end that cycle. Mm -hmm. End it with my niece, with my nephews, with my brother. Um, So 100%. I didn't cry when I read this book, but I'm crying (laughs) now. And Teresa, (laughs) you're responsible. You're responsible. But thank you so much for being so raw yes about it and yeah and and look this setting spray better (laughs) oh better work with these tears coming down my face 100 percent yeah yeah it's like you said just raw Mm. yeah it was i mean you know, we all can identify. It's so weird. We all can identify to yeah. the description of, of her mom. Mm-hmm. I mean, God, I jo- I actually uh, joined the, <laughs> the army. I'm uh, laughing at the fact that Jen can't wipe her tears. She's just patting them. I'm just patting them. <laughs> to not mess up her makeup. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you got you to gotta, you gotta be sad, but you got to look cute. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I actually joined the Army Reserves to get away from my mom. I didn't know oh, you joined the Army Reserves. I didn't Reserves. know that. Well, I didn't go because they lost my paperwork. Oh, Seriously? Yeah. Wow. Oh, wow. Well, that's another story for another day. <laughs> um, but I just to get away from her, I mean, when I was 19, I was like fi- trying to find a place I could afford to move out of. Yeah, uh, out. yeah. But my mom's gone and I miss her and I fucking miss her so Mm -hmm. bad because that's the kind of relationship that, you know, we could all identify like we we Mm want to hate them, but we love them. Yeah. Yeah. 
And um, yeah, so like I said, I read this out loud to my my brother, emphasizing on bitch every time that I had to read that word, mm-hmm. because I'm like, my mom was harsh, but mm. she was very loving and she was an amazing woman. Yeah. So and the um, fact that a lot of that harshness comes from their love. Yes. And that's yes. And <gasps> at the same time, it's like that's it's fucked up, yeah. but it's just that's how they express it. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it's just yeah. It's yeah. it was one hundred percent. And reading it, I just like I also realized my own decision why I don't want children mm. because there's this pervasive fear that one I can't that I won't be able to raise them, but two, what if I become like my mother? Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, and I I don't want that because as much as I love my mother, I don't want to be my mother, dude. Uh-huh. Uh, but the fact that you're even saying that is a hundred percent the reason why you never would be, uh, um, right, right. because you're self aware of it. Because I used to say the same thing: I'm never going to be like you. I I used to tell my mom to her face, "I hate you. I'm never going to be like you." And um, there was an instance, an incident, where I slapped my brother in the face. He was like. We're 12 years apart. Mm -hmm. He was like three, maybe. Mm -hmm. He had taken pizza and just ran down the hallway with it. (gasps) (laughs) I mean, he was three. But um, he just wasn't listening to me. I was babysitting him. And out of frustration, I just slapped him. And the look on his face, I can still see it to this day. I can still see the entire scene Mm -hmm. in my head was like, it it was like a ton of bricks falling on me and i'm like that is what she would do wow and from that day forward i never laid a hand on him again Mm -hmm. for me it was um uh, it was when uh my my mom sing and it's kind of fucked up to say but most of it was emotional manipulation Mm -hmm. oh god yes it still kind of is and it's like um uh, but i remember um uh, my siblings had been had been fighting and had been trying to separate them and uh and then i uh, i when i did and i was just all like i had told them i was like look at yourself you're a disappointment and then when i said that and i saw the look on my sister's face i was just all like oh fuck i I don't want to be this yeah and then i then i apologized to her and the fact that i did that was already more than my mom had. My yeah. as they as I said in one of the poems, they have never apologized. Yeah. Yes. They never because they're the mom. Yes, because they're the mom. Well, I'm seeing it right now because my husband uh, and I petitioned for his daughter to come to the U.S. and she's here now. She's a 23 year old woman, but <laughs> but you know very much she's new to this country. Yeah. So basically, she's retorted to a teenager, yeah. you know, asking for permission, and yeah. telling yeah. me where she's going, what hours, blah mm-hmm. blah. And sometimes I sit there and I'm thinking, oh my god, I'm acting just like my mom, because my mom was very stern, mm-hmm. but. Inside me, I want to apologize and I want to give her all the liberty in the world, but I can't because I'm afraid for her. Right. And she mm-hmm. doesn't know the language. She doesn't know yeah. the streets, the cities or yeah. anything mm-hmm. like that. Um, so, I mean, I want her to be free and independent, but it's so hard to just let her out in the world where she half of the things she needs to survive out there, she doesn't know. Yeah. Language, yeah. streets, addresses, yeah. stuff like that. I mean, she has GPS, of course, but I mean, you know, I... I just the dynamics of dating here is completely different from yeah. Nicaragua. So, yeah. um, but 
almost every day I think to myself, I'm acting like my mom. <laughs> <laughs> like almost every day. And I'm like, this is why I didn't have my own children. So <laughs> and it's just kind of it's also kind of like the whole like cycle, like you said, breaking cycles, because that's kind of the only form of parental yeah i mean you do seen. what you know yes yeah. it, it's it's a hundred percent learned behavior regardless mm -hmm. if it's verbal violence physical violence emotional violence it's learned behavior so obviously from all of our personal reactions and, <laughs> yes. and stories and the way that we've all identified with little pieces of this book, um, I feel like it is absolutely 100% um, worthy of a thank you to Dr. Rojas for creating this chat book, for um, putting herself and being so raw and being so honest in front of, I mean, it's like literally stripping naked and just walking down the street. Right. Yeah. So um, thank you for that. And um, mm -hmm. we definitely will uh, in March um, approach you and give you what for for making us cry in public. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and, and not only that, I mean, that just like we've always said on the podcast is like there your story is important. And if you yes. put it out there, you can touch someone. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and I and this personifies that word for word. Yeah. Like uh, we all felt something at mm -hmm. any given uh, of these poems. So, um, yeah, it's amazing. 100%. Thank you, Dr. Rojas, for this amazing chapbook and the rawness of mm -hmm. this book. So we have not uh, rated it yet. Yes. So, yeah. Sarah, would you like to start? I'm going to say the whole panaderia and a Mexican coffee with tequila in it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is Jen, and I'm also going to give it the whole panaderia and a café de olla as well. It was, it, it was, it was a great piece of, of work. Yes, and this is Kristen, and I'm giving it the whole panaderia, and um, I don't know what else uh, to include in that, the café de olla, the um, atole, everything that, <laughs> that the goes <laughs> with it, um, 100% um, enjoyed it, so thank you. And now it's time for On My Radar, and today I have... I have on my radar. What is on my radar is season three of American Gods, everybody. Already? Oh, yes. really? I haven't even watched season one. Oh, my gosh. Oh my it God. is on Stars. I started yeah. watching it, and then... Um, I don't know what happened. I watched. I tried to watch one episode and I fell asleep. It's a really complex show. I yeah. mean, there's so much content as and a lot mm. of the stuff is being acted in oh, front no, of a I'm green lying. screen. Not American yeah. Gods. I'm thinking of um, Good Omens. Oh, Good, Good Omens. Omens. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. That's on Amazon. Okay. <laughs> yes, that's how I was like, how was I watching Stars? So no. Okay. Amazon Prime. So sorry. Amazon Prime. So ha it hasn't even started season one. Yeah. <laughs> so yes, they've actually greenlit season three to happen. And it's surprising because uh, as, as the show goes, uh, season two wasn't really... Um, that uh it didn't have that many views oh really oh. it didn't have but but i actually enjoyed it uh, i actually was able to go back and rewatch some of the episodes mm -hmm. and saw a lot of stuff that i missed the first time watching it so Interesting. Uh, it's sort of like a legion where you yes. have to sit there and see it yeah. and not do other things like 
be on Facebook yeah. or social media okay. or clean the house because you're going to miss a lot of stuff. Maybe not a lot of watchers, but maybe he got a lot of rewatches later. Maybe. I mm-hmm. think that's what it was. Yeah. So um, there's a new show producer, which is Chick Eggly. Mm-hmm. He's behind uh, The Shield, uh, The Walking Dead. And Hemlock Grove, which I don't know. Oh, Oh, I remember I watched Hemlock Grove and it was the weirdest thing, but I could not stop watching it. (laughs) Really? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I haven't even heard of it, but I guess uh, I have to find where I can see that. Um, But yeah, Neil Gaiman's actually really happy to be working with Chick Eagley. So uh, we'll see what happens from there. I'm, I'm very excited. We still don't have like a, a date on when it'll come out. Season mm-hmm. three, um, I you can watch season one and two on Stars, and um, and they're really hoping for season four, but they haven't said yet. And as I don't know, as is as if you guys know, but the series, the TV series, is taking a a slightly different turn from the book. Yeah, so, I've heard of that. Yeah, so I don't know if it's like it morphs into its own piece because I hear that from from a lot of shows. Mm. Yeah, so I, yeah. that I mean that that generally happens with Hollywood. You'll never get like a true word for word adaptation, and I think that's a good thing, or else you get Watchmen by Zack Snyder. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, oh God, I don't like Zack Snyder. But anyways, um. um so I usually don't mind if they diverge. So I I think that would be interesting, and it's just like it's a whole it's it's a novel. So mm-hmm. I was honestly thinking that they would do a Nancy Boys by now, but uh, it's te- a Nancy Boys is technically like the sequel. Yes. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that might be next up. Who knows? Yeah, 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 definitely. So yeah, that's that's on my radar. Nice. Thank you. And now it's time for Juntos y Fuertes. Okay, so this is Kristen, and today I have a uh, photography project called Bolivia's Powerful Cholitas. What? (laughs) It is a um, a photographer, Todd Antony, his project where he documents Bolivia's best-dressed wrestlers in a new series called Flying Cholitas. The women who are indigenous... Um, how do you say this? Aymara mm. compete in their sport wearing vol- voluminous petticoats, colorful, colorful skirts and long sleeved lacy tops rather than in minimal form fitting spandex worn by many athletes around the world. I have seen those outfits. These ensembles resemble ones that Aymara were expected, sometimes even required to wear during five centuries of oppression under Spanish occupiers. Wow. The wrestlers wear these ensembles to show pride in their history and take back their visibility. Similarly, the identifier cholita, originally a derogatory term, has been reclaimed in recent years by indigenous Bolivians as a point of pride. So this is a photography series, but if you're curious to see them in action, there was a commissioned short film, um, short documentary um, about the flying cholitas, which you can watch um, if you go to YouTube and just search Las Cholitas, and it's mm. the first thing that comes up. So uh, I thought it was 
really cool. Um, and I saw this on a website called This Is Colossal, and the photos are amazing. Um, if you can check them out, we'll share the um, we'll share the the link. But the photos, the colors. There, it's like a dark background um, that just really um, like is a contrast to their very colorful outfits, mm. and it's um, it's just really cool. And I haven't seen the video yet, but the pictures themselves are awesome. So his the artist's name, the photographer's name is Todd Anthony A N T O N Y, and his website is toddantony.com. And all of his photos are there, and they're just this one is just like. Uh, I'm showing oh, wow, like it's wow. just one of the cholitas, one of the wrestlers standing on a rock with just the sky behind her. And it's just amazing. So mm. check it out. And the fact that there's these indigenous women wrestlers, I think, are so cool. That, that is, is really super awesome. Cool. Yeah. yeah. So um, so that's my Juntos y Fuertes. Thank you, Kristen. Thank you. Now it's time for saludos. And saludos goes out to... Um, collectorscomic.com. Oh, <laughs> what? Amazing. Oh, wow. I heard that comic is awesome. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Love and Collectors Annual Number 5 is coming soon. Yes. Do you know about when? Uh, well, he actually, a collector's comic is actually written and created and drawn by my husband, Eddie D'Angelini. And he wanted to try to get it to the printer by the end of the month, but it's be, it's uh, turning out to be a lot harder than <laughs> to meet that deadline than what he thought, because um, just a lot of stuff has been coming up. But he's working very hard on it. And everywhere we go, he has his little sketch pad where he's sketching out the new content, because every book that he creates is um it, it the has content, content has right? yeah it has all the stuff that he put up new on um online during that year but also to entice people to buy the book because why would they buy the book if they already read it for free online <laughs> there's um there's actually new never before seen content that he creates specifically for the book so um that's what he's doing and um he released the cover of yes. the cover art of the book a couple of uh, mm -hmm. days ago, and it was so cool, and I'm yes. so excited. But it is an homage to the um, Love and Rockets number one, yes. by the Hernandez <laughs> Brothers. Yes, yeah, and actually, um, he's. If you want to get a free copy of the number five annual, you have uh, you all you have to do is submit a letter to collectors uh, you uh, you can praise him trash him write anything you want uh, and send it to tell Ed. him how amazing his wife is <laughs> <laughs> how much you love Kristen and the comic strip uh, yes you can email that letter to Eddie at collectorscomic.com. Um, so that's exciting. I'm like, I want to put in my letter. <laughs> <laughs> you should. So, yeah. And uh, for those of you that don't know, Collectors is a weekly comic webcomic that is all about Eddie, who is an avid comic book collector. And he loves his, his wife and his comic book collection, but not always necessarily in that order. And it's loosely based on yes. his marriage yes. to Kristen. So... so um, some of it is based in real life. Some of it's exaggeration, but he always says he leaves that up to you to decide. <laughs> one of one of my uh, favorites so far is where uh, 
they're talking about superpowers and then he's like I can't imagine having some somebody like read my mind all day every day uh-huh. and then all you see is uh you see Eddie kind of look off in the distance and then uh Kristen's like Eddie don't leave your socks on the floor <laughs> <laughs> you know like all these little things and I'm like oh my god that's like my marriage right there <laughs> like and then one of the things I commented is like every time like for instance uh Frank just called me when I dropped him off at Union Station called me he's like have you seen my wallet I, I don't have my wallet I'm like I specifically asked you when you left the car, <laughs> where's your wallet? And you patted on your on your pocket. Uh-huh. So like now every time that he asks me for something, I'm going to put my head, uh, my hand on my forehead like like Professor X and say, your wallet is in such and such place. Because <laughs> he's always forever asking me where his yeah. stuff is, even though he had it in his hands moments before. Yeah. Oh my but God. I mean, it, it made me laugh because it was just like he, he mirrored my marriage so perfectly. <laughs> so, it's funny because... Because when he's at conventions, people will come to his um, table and they'll be like, it's like you have a hidden camera in our house. How do you know that that this happens to us? Yes. And it's like, because it happens in every marriage. <laughs> and also, um, we're all geeks together. So, we're <laughs> so I mean, if you are the, a collector of anything, regardless if it's comics or not, or you're just a fan of any um, pop culture, you will identify with. Um, the characters in the strip absolutely I like uh, to read the comic strips on uh, Instagram because now you can put yes. you could put like the the actual yeah. panels in each yeah. frame uh-huh. and be able to not have to zoom in like right. you do in yeah. uh, Facebook but yes definitely follow them you can follow them at uh, at collectors comic on Instagram and Facebook yep so saludos to Eddie from collectors comics That brings us to the end of this episode. We are your hosts. I'm Sarah. I'm Kristen. And I'm Jen. And don't forget, you can always find us on Facebook at Comic Comadres and on Instagram at Comadres y Comics. And on Twitter at Comic Comadres. We have a Snapchat, Comadres y Comics. And you could also email us directly at Comadres y Comics at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.